Hello everybody and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 12, issue 580, and today we're going to talk about Deathloop. And joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue, Thomas Quilfelt. Hi. Tony Atkins. Hello. And a rare treat, it's Jay Taylor. Hello. We've got him to talk about a game. Oh my God, he liked playing. So excited. <laughs> or possibly hated, no spoilers. <laughs> Uh, Deathloop is, I mean, at its most basic, you could just say it's a first-person shooter, but it has elements of the immersive sim, which, as we all know, is a first-person shooter in which you occasionally enter door codes. Ah. And which <laughs> code is that, Leon? Uh, well, it, it depends, because in this game, they're procedurally generated. But 0451 is probably in there somewhere, isn't it? Yay! Oh, I yeah. don't actually know. I think you can try it and get a trophy or something. I might be wrong. Oh, okay. You can, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, we start with our histories with the game. Obviously, it's not an ancient game. Is it three years old, I think? Uh, but, well, let's find out why Jay's here for once. Jay. I played it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there you go. That's, um, that'll do. Yeah. On the PlayStation. Spends all his time editing, that's why. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, it's an arcane game. So, uh, there was an... Uh, there was obvious interest on my part because I've gone through the Dishonored games and Prey and, and really enjoyed them. But I was never a day oneer with their stuff. Um, for whatever reason, and I've never really understood why, but their games plummet in price soon after, you know, yeah. within months of coming because out. Because it's an immersive sim. <laughs> because nobody buys them at full price. Yeah. No, because, I did. like, so I picked up Prey. I remember when Prey came out, I picked it up nine months after launch for a tenner. And mm. I thought it was kind of ridiculous. Crazy it, value for money. Yeah, how good the game was. And but, even this. Yeah, I grabbed Bethesda's like, quite aggressive, though, because the, the Wolfenstein games used to drop immediately as well, didn't they? And now they come straight to Game Pass. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's, it always seemed that, you know, more than, say, most developers, their stuff yeah, would often turn up cheap. True. So I don't know. I don't know what that means. But, um, and I've never it. been disappointed with their games either. So, you know, it was always kind of, I enjoyed the Dishonored games. I enjoyed Prey. So when Deathloop came along, it was just a case of, okay, I'll wait a few months and then pick it up, which is what I did. Okay. Um, I can't and remember when this... It. Yeah, yeah, but that's... So I, I can't remember when did, when did this game actually come out? Cause... 2021, September 2021, October? Right. So it was a bit... It was about... Yeah, because I picked it... I yeah, picked two it years up old, in not three. May yeah. of 22. And I finished it in December of 2022. Mm. Uh, and there was That's a quite six, slow for you. Well, there was a six, and we'll get to it in the show, but there was yeah. a six-month period where I just sort of dropped off it because mm. I hit a wall and just oh, kind of stopped playing for six months. But Okay. Yeah. Hold that thought. We'll come back <laughs> to it. Uh, did you end up like platinuming it or anything? I did. And you, you oh, were the one who helped us get that platinum. That's very remember. true. I was there when it happened. Yeah. 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 Because there yeah, was a okay. co-op. We'll this wasn't a well. co-op. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, how about yourself? Did you early adopt or no? I didn't. I came in upon its Xbox Series X release. How so, did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> Yeah, no, but actually that's not as... I know I prefer the Xbox over PlayStation and that would be an obvious thing, but that's not entirely down to the reasons why. Um I have a weird history of arcane. Like I, I do really like immersive sims, but I I tend to bounce off them, and they might actually go into a little bit into you know what 
I like about Deathloop yeah. and what I struggle maybe with some of our arcane games. Like, I really appreciate um, Dishonored, but I've never finished one. I really mm. appreciate Prey, but I've never finished Prey. Oh, okay. Um, so I kind of just, you know, I kind of came to Deathloop feeling that I'm probably going to really like what this team is doing, but I'm probably not going to see it through to the end, in which case I'm not going to buy it you know, just straight away. And knowing that it was tied up in the Microsoft deal and eventually it'd be coming essentially for me to try parts of my subscription service, it was I was in no real rush to get to it. Now, of course, what happened there was the reviews hit. There was some 10 out of 10s. You get that fear of missing out bug and, you know, you, you generally kind of listen to the conversation. Carl, who could have easily been on the show as one of his games of that, of that year mm-hmm. um was talking to me about it and absolutely singing its praises and yeah i really thought well maybe i do maybe i don't but i in the end it, you're then six months out and you're like well you know it's probably got a year's contract i'll be here anyway so it was um it wasn't necessarily just a case of like oh i'm just gonna play it my preferred platform it's just a case of getting around to it but then again when it did hit i then played it five days after it it launched on game pass kind of just thinking wow <laughs> Here we go. Let's let's see how far I get in this one. Mm. And some of that helps, obviously, because I think, you know, although you know the hype is still there, it's a new release on or it's a release on a different platform. You're not kind of like surrounded by everybody talking about it, which can be a good thing and a bad thing. And it meant that I can just kind of, I just kind of bundle my way through it over a period of time. And yeah, to the point where I ended up wanting to to put it as my nomination for this year's podcast because I, you know, it. it it did lots of stuff I really, really liked. And unlike the other games, it is one I got through to the end. And, and you know, it's... Yeah, there was a lot that was just really, really solid there. Now, I do wonder whether this will play in some of my opinions on this game because others will surely mention, I know they do certainly in the correspondence, about it not being uh, Dishonored or it not being Prey. And I, and I wonder whether my enjoyment might come down to the fact that, you know, I wasn't absolutely in love with those titles yeah. and and this maybe did Takes something a slightly different approach yes yeah. so um although not an early adopter an early adopter on the xbox platform i didn't i haven't yeah. actually um got all the achievements i'm missing the, the multiplayer achievements which aha which will, are the ones that i helped jay to get. yeah which yeah. We'll, we'll get to but um, well, i can do that with you anytime you can even play this one via the cloud and just boot it up and away you go and yeah. uh, get those achievements in no time at all, really. Yeah. And that's, yeah, well, we'll talk, I'm sure we will definitely talk yes. about the multiplayer stuff, but um, yeah. So ultimately this is my nomination for this year. So there's, there's lots I want to say about it and lots that I did really like about it and some stuff, which I perfectly understand why some of the Christians are. So yeah. Interesting show ahead, I think. Okay, good. Tom, why have you joined us for this one? Would you say other than me telling you, you were on this show? <laughs> Uh, well, I, so a, a bit of a, dis- well, proper disclosure, I work for Laced Records and we have partnered with Bethesda now for several vinyl products and I chiefly kind of work on the marketing campaigns for those. And that's included Ghostwire Tokyo, Dishonored, um, and uh, recently Hi-Fi Rush uh, the other day. Mm. Uh, and we were working on the un, unusually or it doesn't always happen with AAA games we were working on the vinyl before the game came out for release around um the game if i remember correctly so yeah so that definitely colors my opinions of it it colored my opinions of the uh, at the time um so i'm happy to admit kind of slightly positive <laughs> bias but i think you know my i you know I, i'm admitting that up front and um yeah. we'll, we'll see where that goes 
Uh, so I we're was, not the BBC. It's fine. <laughs> I was due to get a free code through Bethesda, but I ended up being so impatient. I just bought the, the you know bought physical copy, uh, pre-ordered a physical copy. I think it arrived a day early actually. So I may have been day minus one or day zero. Always fun um on it i can't quite remember so um i try not to get too excited with when i'm working on a product like that because i i did it with no man's sky uh which was many years ago and i bought it day one and it was like oh ah we've all Uh, been there tom (laughs) (laughs) so um so this but this time i felt more i saw that ign 10 or something i must have been uh, swayed i think by that um so Mm -hmm. you just played it on ps5 and uh yeah cool uh yeah i did buy it day one digitally i guess i just got excited uh on the reviews and uh the buzz i have finished dishonored and talked about it on this show uh i really liked lots about it but i didn't like i didn't love the fact that it was it, it kind of rewarded stealth with good goodness and revo- rewarded chaotic play with evilness <laughs> it, it was it was kind of it felt to be like it was biased towards people who are extraordinarily patient which i'm not and i was hoping that that death loop would be a bit more like praying that would allow me to play in a slightly more aggressive fashion um and for the most part it certainly does uh but in typical style i bought it new played for a decent chunk of time i guess to about a third of the way through the game and then got distracted by other things, whether podcast games or just new shiny games, and uh, only went back to it a few weeks ago for this podcast. But now I've played it for I don't know. I think I think my clock said forty hours or more. Um, but quite a few of the final hours were replaying the final mission, uh, which is a four it's four parts effectively, uh, as we'll discuss. And um, it, the first three parts were not giving me any trouble at all. But the final part really was, and I was going a little bit mad trying to having to replay to the final part. And then Tony reminded me that this game has unpenalized accessibility options, including infinite lives, effectively. Um, I've got nothing against the idea of lives in games, even in, in a game like this. It was actually adding to the excitement and the tension for most of the playthrough. But when I had a couple of days before we were recording and I was repeatedly having to do these three fiddly not difficult but just slightly time consuming sections i was like yep that'll do for me i'll just take infinite respawns on the final 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 i I imagine on your first go you almost did it and then on your seventh go you were worse than you ever were close to your first so wondering how the heck that (laughs) yeah and it very much it was uh it would depend on whether an ai juliana would turn up and do something mean even though she's supposed to be really rubbish ai according to everything <laughs> i've ever read she still seems to be capable of sometimes of one-shotting me across the map um so yeah and that's a life gone and then that leaves you in the, a rather difficult situation in what is otherwise i think a quite excellent level it's just uh it's just the pressure really mounts especially if you, you're on a real life time limit as well so yeah basically i i sort of cheated to the to the gold trophy at the end but um turns out i don't care so <laughs> Uh, so yeah Arcane Lyon made it published by Bethesda key names involved are Dinga Bakaba who was important on the Dishonored games as well I mean that's true of many of the team the campaign director is probably one of the most important people Dana Nightingale she was uh, she was perhaps best known for having designed the the beloved clockwork mansion level in Dishonored 2 I believe Um, other 
names involved are designer Gautier Roussel and artist Sebastian Miton, who'd also worked on uh, Bioshock 2 back in the day. And I think for me, there is a sort of there is a there is a similarity in terms of kind of atmosphere and feel. But where where Bioshock is horror, this is like comedy, I suppose. Um, but both set in a kind of land out of time, uh, slightly surreal, otherworldly environment. And Tom Salter is the lead composer. We'll talk a bit more about the music. We have an expert with us. And it was released, as we say, for PS5 and PC, 14th September 2021, only a couple of years ago. Uh, not even that. And yes, after a one year and one week of exclusivity as a console game on the PlayStation, it arrived on Xbox. But of course, in the meantime, the Microsoft Bethesda marriage or ab absorption mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, assimilation had happened. <laughs> Reviews, as we say, were pretty broadly excellent, with Open Critic having an average score of 88%, recommended by 92% of 205 outlets who reviewed it. New Dark Cloud from our Patreon says, It feels like, in many ways, Deathloop was both an extension and evolution of the work that started when Arcane developed Prey Mooncrash, the DLC. On paper, it's difficult to explain, but once you're in the middle of the action, the way the studio's signature immersive sim level design mixes with the roguelike light cycling nature of the death loop made an intuitive sense to me. I remember quickly adapting to the game's core mechanics and figuring out my own strategies for navigating to my objectives. It's a shame that not many people I know have actually got round to playing it because it was one of my favourite games of the year it came out. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk a bit about the scenario and so on to begin with. I'll issue a spoiler warning. There it is. According to the Deathloop wiki, Deathloop transports you to the mysterious island of Black Reef, where an eternal struggle between two extraordinary assassins will determine the island's future. As cult, you must find a way to put an end to the time loop, trapping the island in an endless cycle, all while being hunted by the island's inhabitants. Using your powerful weapons and abilities, you'll need to take out eight key targets across the stunning yet chaotic island before the day resets in order to break the loop once and for all. But lurking in the shadows is rival assassin Juliana, whose sole mission is to take Colt out and keep the loop going. Learn from each cycle, try new paths and approaches and break the loop. What that doesn't cover is that the island is inhabited entirely by cultists whose cult is whose religion is around this idea of living this hedonistic day yeah it's time loop firefest yeah exactly firefest <laughs> yes uh and it goes just as badly wrong when the player turns up pretty much <laughs> over and over again <laughs> It's got this kind of uh, sort of funky pseudo retro presentation, orangeism kind of uh, pop art and funky guitars and all kinds of things. Uh, so, uh, Jay, hmm. was this part of the appeal for you? It was, but I think that's always been the case with arcane games. I'm a big fan of the the art style and sort of character and world design in the Dishonored games, um, and even Prey. Because it still had that kind of retro futuristic element to it as well, but mm. this, yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of what they did with Deathloop. It reminded me of uh, shows like The Prisoner, you know, the the Patrick McGowan right. thing yes. from the '60s. Yeah, had that yeah. kind of vibe to it. it. Yeah, you know, there aren't many games that take this kind of aesthetic either. The only other one I could think of is uh, We Happy Few, which deals yes. in the same kind of like 
you know, kind of quite surreal 60s kind of psychedelia yeah. and stuff. 60s dystopia sort of. Mm. No one like Clockwork, or- Clockwork Orange is a, must have been a touch point, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not quite as uh, <laughs> as dark as that. Although I, well, I don't know. I mean, it has some yeah. it has some pretty gnarly murder in it, but it's all it's all got it's quite it's mostly got quite a light touch. There's there's not too much kind of heavy emotions or real. If only they got Wendy Carlos to do the soundtrack, it would have absolutely been ballistic. Would have been a one. very different vibe, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Tom, you've worked with the assets and so on in in promoting this, presumably. Yeah. Um, it was I guess it made for a. Oh Maybe yeah, a, a, an easier job than some. Oh, incredibly! Well, um, Arcane make a point of designing the vinyl sleeves, which is not always the case. Right. So we just sit and wait for them to come up with something crazy, and um, they nice. think very, very carefully about it. I, I went to a talk, a uh, Dishonored Two talk, a few years ago now with the art director. I assume he's the co-director and art lead on this. I can't quite remember, mm-hmm. but they had some Dishonored Two. Um, uh, concept art up on the projection and for 15 minutes they talked about a single piece of concept art <laughs> and how deeply they, it was about Karnaka in um, Dishonored 2 and how deeply they thought about every single tiny aspect of this piece of concept art like all the costuming the light, the colour palette mm. the architecture down to the most infinitesimal detail I, and I think um, genuinely Arcane are one of the best studios for capturing what is in their concept art and and putting it properly into the game like the concept art phase for them is like a religion and i think you definitely feel that with deathloop and that extends out to like i've recently i get sent some quite heavy um style guides for marketing for stuff like mario and rabbits which is ubisoft and nintendo so they're quite um they're quite heavy on like follow the style guide and that's really interesting yeah. how designers pick the fonts and the color schemes and all these rules about what you can and can't put where and mm. Deathloop, i think just across all of their their marketing the in-game menus the the ui all of that um you know they're they're not quite unparalleled because you think about something like um atlas and persona 5 you know really going all out on the style but um right. i think they set a really groovy tone and kind of kept it running throughout uh, we must, before we talk more about gameplay, talk about uh, Cole and Juliana. We've got uh, Jason E. Kelly as Colt Vaughn and Ozioma Akaga as Juliana Blake. Um, they are pretty much the stars of the game in terms of characters. Like the, the, the other visionaries do have a certain amount to say and do, but often it's uh, it's it's mostly in their, their, most of their performances in text logs. There is, I mean, there is, there is stuff over the PAs and and you can hear them bantering but really yeah the two main characters are the two main characters new dark cloud from our patreon says the glue which ties the entire game together are the performances of Jason Kelly and Ozioma Akaga as the lead characters Colton Juliana the personality and chemistry of the two characters as they take verbal and literal pot shots at each other has made me laugh more than most other games I've played the year it came out they feel like genuine people strengthening the attachment I have to them it, it should be noted, of course, uh, that unusually it's a game with two black leads, um, which is, uh, you know, a wonderful choice and works perfectly given where the story goes with them being uh, related and all. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought 
focusing on them was excellent having them in the menu at the beginning and obviously picking between them gameplay wise and they're two strong characters and there's kind of a lot to them once you, you kind of mine everything out of the story one side effect of that is that i didn't feel very strongly about any of the other visionaries no and the main reason i think is because you don't really see them their character models mm. you see them in the animated interstitials you there's pictures of them in various places they're kind of cartoony stylized pictures mm. um but when you're fighting them it's just that you know it's well, chaos. That, it, yeah, but that's chaos. dependent on what you do in each level because you can just sit and watch them for ages and, and watch what they do and but, go yeah, about their business. But you and... don't see their faces up close particularly. Now, um, if you contrast that with Resident Evil Village... Get a sniper which, rifle. Resident Evil Village has the four, you know, the four lords with the big boss. Uh, no spoilers for, for Village, but very early on, you get a really close-up scene with all of them sitting around. Mm. And it kind of shows off all of their personalities and gives you a strong identity for each of yeah. them. And why you're something like have... that wouldn't have gone amiss. But yeah. I like the fact that this game doesn't have. They they were very keen to have very uh, brief moments. There's only mm. very very short uh, cutscenes yeah. when controls taken away, which I do like. Yeah, but. It, the game does a really good... I felt the game did a really good job of building these characters through a lot of the environmental storytelling that it does yeah. within each section. Yeah, absolutely. Because you get to hear all their kind of... You know, like between Charlie and Fear, you get to hear the whole relationship play out through those audio logs and stuff. So to me, the okay. characters built... As each time you go through these sections and the more you play through it and replay it, the more you get a greater sense of who these people are and what they mm. are. Yeah, and I know. And thank God in this game, when you press play on an audio log, you can continue to hear it <laughs> even when you walk away. <laughs> I, I, mean, I agree with Jamie. If you just took this by the fact that, you know, if you run through the levels once, kill the, you know, the protagonist yeah. and then moved on your merry way, then, yeah, I think that that would be a, a fair statement. But the whole idea of this game is that you are going to enter these levels 10 20 times before the end of the game and mm. it's to find ultimately you are probably going to kill him almost every single time that you get through these levels yeah. but actually you know you are going to go into an office you're going to read some stuff i mean this is mm. what arcane do right this is the background stuff yeah some people will read everything some people will try to read skip nothing. for everything and then hit themselves <laughs> And a barn door and go. They did I exactly the same with the Dishonored games for this game. I actually stuff think as well. I actually think they hit a really nice. See, I've seen one of the criticisms of this game, and you know, this I think this is still probably relevant here. One of the criticisms of this game from some people, and I think this probably goes from a lot of the you know, people who played previous arcade games, is this game is too forthcoming in telling the player what to do and where to go. Like, uh, yeah, uh, you know, there's always a a marker on the map saying, well, mm. probably go look over here. And I take that kind of both ways. Like, fair enough, you know, I've been, we've all been in games where you do not know where you need to go. You've looked yeah. at every single corner and you come to a, a, a point where you're like, I, I'm just going to look online. And that you're like, it, at that point, what was, the, what was the point? Now here, they send you in that direction and at least you've got a, a, a guidance of, of what, roughly in an idea of where you're looking for it sounds like this came out of that play testing i was mentioning earlier i think maybe if they had lost. longer to think about yeah. it they could have done a, a a hint system or something something that was a bit less handholdy but, but instead of feeling between. like i was being short shafted by you know being told where to go it's like okay well i'm here so i will now rummage for everything i read i'll read the things up on the fridges yeah. and then learn about these characters i will look at these photos and realize that there's a connection between the two like i still think you had to put legwork in to understand the overarching story to move on to the next beat yeah. or i suppose there was people that just pressed x on everything 
and eventually they picked up the thing they needed and they moved on and I could see probably why that was less entertaining yeah. but I, I wasn't overly worried about hand holding Ashman86 from our forum says I love Deathloop so much that I tore through the game in a little over a week giving it every second of time I had to spare I was absolutely hooked and then the twist came Juliana mm-hmm. being revealed as Colt's daughter this left such a bitter taste in my mouth that it's impossible for me to look back at the game with the same fondness I once felt it felt like such a betrayal to me as a player and it spoiled everything I'd enjoyed about the game's storytelling. The game's ending totally undercuts whatever sense of freedom or choice or agency I may have felt as a player who had once believed I could tackle its central puzzle in any number of ways. As it turned out, there's basically just one solution and maybe there's an even greater betrayal of the player's expectations than the narrative twist. There are some great game ideas here, to be sure, but I just can't recommend it to friends anymore without making some major caveat. So there's the two 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 things there, really. There's the 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 big gameplay point about there are being only one final loop, a bit like oh no, I'm not going to say uh, the other game that that's like because that would be mm-hmm. a spoiler. Mm-hmm. There are other games, complicated loop based games, where there is only one final solution, and and that changes maybe how you felt about it with in terms of your expectations coming in this kind of thing about the the daughter revelation confuses me because i i didn't think it was that kind of shocking a twist or bigger revelation to cause such strong feeling that that really mm. does surprise me i thought it was you know it was going to be something like that and the idea that she just sort of wants to keep cult around and that's why she wants to perpetuate the loop seemed like a you know a good character motivation for Juliana. I've seen a few like that and our next one is is similar uh, if it, if not even stronger um and I yeah I I it is a bit yikes um global saturation 89 from our forum says the only negative I have is that once I learned about Colt and Juliana's relationship it made some of the exchanges they had together a little unsettling to say the least. The one which makes my skin crawl is F.U. Cult, to which Cult replies, your place or mine. I'm sitting here wondering how much of the story they actually took, uh, paid attention to when they're playing it. I mean, I'm guessing, but it he obviously, it, throughout the game, it's, it's, it, you, you, it becomes clear that Cult has no memory of why he's there. He's com- as confused yeah. about everything at the start of the game, and it's only through, as you progress, he, he pieces it all together. And the I I I actually really liked the idea that she was his daughter, and it, I enjoyed that whole exchange, and I liked his reaction when he finds out as well because mm. it's really funny. Like, am I right in thinking there was also another character who's alluded to, but you don't meet possibly? You do was... meet. Uh, you do Pink meet Rexley. Yeah, you can meet her. There's a character okay. who's also out of the loop who you have to go through hoops to to find them. Former love interest, right? No, no, no. Oh, no. okay. Just somebody who isn't who's who like Cole and Juliana has memory of each like the what's going on. Oh no, on. sorry, yeah, I was talking about somebody else. There's there's an uh, allusion to a character that Colt has had relationship uh, with Lila, uh, another woman. So, well, I don't know about that. The only other character I know of is Lila, who's Juliana's mother. Oh, okay, Maybe so just, it, just it all plays yeah. into the story, but okay. it's like this: this, you know, that's why Colt essentially was. This is what there's this very convoluted story where he kind of got caught in a loop for seventeen years, and that's mm. why he, he doesn't 
have any kind of understanding of who Juliana is, although he yeah. did and then lost the memory again. But And that's why she keeps killing him, to try and bring him back. Mm. But she wants to stay in the loop. So essentially, they she wants him to stay in the loop with her. She knows he's her. She he he's her father. Yeah. He wants to break the loop because he wants to basically save his daughter from this perpet. Because he knows what he he was trapped in a loop for seventeen years at one point. So he and he almost lost his mind. Mm. There's there's a very convoluted story there, and I don't think the game does a particularly good job of making a full explanation of this stuff there was some changes made during the golden loop um update but um mm. but it, it, I, I don't know i i love the relationship i love the banter i like the reaction when he finds out she's her <laughs> of course, his time traveling uh incest is uh is a classic <laughs> of the genre going all the way back to yeah. Back to the future. But it's, it's, and she's playing yeah. with him all the time with this stuff because she knows. So she's yeah, winding yeah, yeah. him up with all, the, with all the time. And then, you know, there's a point afterwards when he finds yeah. out that he's like, you know, and he's like really nervously asking her if he's, and she says, yeah, I'm your daughter. Does that so make you take it as um, <laughs> near the knuckle kind of yeah. edgy humor rather than, uh, yeah, like creepy, ooky stuff. Yeah. And icky stuff. One of the, like, one of the, the pluses for this game for me was that banter between them. I, I had me laughing at times because i thought he, the the one-liners and and back and forth was actually really funny it was very naturalistic really well wasn't it it was it yeah, was really well like, delivered at all times I, i'm gonna jump back slightly to um the voice acting but jason e kelly in this is phenomenal at times there's yes, a scene yeah. where you play there's a scene where another cole cult uh <laughs> yeah. appears and he has yes. this <laughs> big argument with him Going back and forth, and I'm, I was listening to the thinking. This is one guy doing all of this. However, they've done it. It's just it feels so natural and so kind of like he's like it's almost like you've got two actors bouncing so well off each other here. But it's all one guy doing yeah, both it's, performances. It's yeah. it's incredible. Like it was There's, really good. He, re- he really owns the role, doesn't he? I can't yeah, imagine yeah. anyone else's. It's a bit like Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Two. You just can't imagine. Mm. Well, any other voice and, and i think what it is it's because he matters to himself and i think that's what makes it feel realistic <laughs> because he's like look at the damn postcard look at the damn oh yeah cold just look at the damn postcard why don't you like and so he's like very <laughs> self-aware to him and he walks up to the yeah. postcard turns it over and he's like oh yeah well there's the code why why do you and it's just it's because yeah. it's, he's almost like he's expressing you as the avatar as the player kind of go well of course yeah. yeah i remember picking up that postcard thinking check the back because that's what games do and he just threw it away and i'm like oh and i always at that point i was like well yeah look at the back of the postcard of course that was the obvious thing so it's it's um and the i mean in terms of endings and Ju- their relationship and juliana the happy ending becomes perpetuating the loop because that's what she wants and you know in a certain way she's done so many horrible things if you cut her out of the loop and then she has to go back to the real world which looks like a molten you know <laughs> wasteland anyway that's not mm. doing her any favors frankly but if you get to stay in the loop as kind of fun father daughter hunting you know partners um there's something creepily happy about that I, anyway i'm caught between two stories because i think overarching the overarching story as in i watched a this is what the story was about video because i was still a tad confused by the time i'd finished it and i still walked away from that going I don't think I still 100% understand what this story is about. It's a video game story. Yes. And it's a very video gamey video game, but... isn't it? So I think a lot of, I think we can, it definitely seems obvious that a lot of the ins and outs of the story were defined by the 
gaminess of the yeah, whole absolutely. thing and 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 that would be different from something like like time loop films like uh primer or um source code or something like that where the screenwriter is just focusing on the story in the movie format yeah, so whereas this I, inevitably going to be messier i think that said some of the uh some of the time loop movies are often like uh live die repeat and Ed- Ed- mm. tomorrow is often described uh, uh, quite accurately i think as one of the most video gamey movies yeah. Yeah, memento. Yeah. Like that. But I, I, I think I think the story's really good. Actually, there's a lot of thought gone into it, and there's a lot. There's like you've got this kind of main thread through the game as you play it, but the more you invest in, in investigation and exploration in the world, the more that you you find stuff out about like things like the army of the motherland and all that kind of stuff. And you know that I that's that. <laughs> see all that stuff is fascinating. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of environment. Well, I don't even know if you could call it environmental storytelling because it's really hidden away. But there's a lot of yeah. like you'll find a clue or you'll find something that kind of leads you. There's a lot of threads that you, if you start pulling on oh, them, absolutely. start unveiling doors, and you you know it was like yeah you know you've got all these locked doors throughout each level, and it was like I became obsessive about finding yeah some of the secrets you know really every, getting into every everywhere I could of finding everything that I could yeah I went, there were yeah. some codes still by the end that I didn't yeah. have yeah. because I hadn't been quite so diligent with my snooping and yeah. some of them can really kind of change your whole perception of the world itself and think oh wow there's there's more going yeah. on with this what, than you realize but what I think um the story ultimately does if you're not talking about the overarching one is that I think it does follow the player along that that kind of very confused opening section of what I'm where who am I where am I yeah. what am I doing to actually which the developers say is deliberate oh, by the way absolutely. to to start you as confused as cultures um, to an extent and we we talk about as the gameplay progresses like by the end of that game you you you're running in and out of loops as you know it could be for 2 minutes just trying to achieve one task yeah and I actually feel like the the, the story between um cult oh bloody what's her name why have I forgotten? <laughs> Juliana. Juliana. The story between Colt and Juliana happens like that because at the start she's looking like, God, Colt, you're useless. Like, why are you so useless at this stuff? And actually halfway through the game, she's she's turned into a more kind of playful, like, oh, yeah, you think you know everything, but actually you don't know everything. But you can almost hear the voices like, oh, good, this, this is getting fun. And then by the end of it, mm-hmm. she's almost she's anticipating the end of something that she's been wanting for a long time, but also fearful of what that end means to her, her own ability. Now that's not anything new, but I think the way that it was portrayed by the voice actors was really what it helped because as a player, you were grown so much into this environment and so much into solving the riddles and actually your own gameplay style had changed significantly from the start of the game to the end of the game, or at least it did for me. Mm. But I think the story did a really good yeah. job of actually kind of segmenting itself and bookmarking in that and you felt like oh god this is i am moving towards the end even though there isn't a time limit on it per se yeah what is and this will probably bleed in a bit more in gameplay but i'd say it here because it makes most sense is when i first played deathloop i played those first hours and or first levels and i played it as stealthy as i possibly could i mm. like dishonored like their previous games it was very like mm-hmm. oh god who are these people headshots moving back and it took me mm. so long to get through any individual level until until I, you know, done it and then understood the game's mechanics. By the end of the game, uh, I was going into those levels. And fair enough, you've got more 
understanding of the game world and you've got more guns and you've got more ammo and you've got more health and you've got better trinkets and you can double jump and you can then you know, shift a couple of times and move around but i was treating that game it went from this really tense stealth game to yeah. a playground of fun and i know some, entirely deliberate yeah, and i, I think, know some yeah. people will hate the fact that it's a playground of fun but i was i was picking people up i was throwing them off cliffs i was sniping a guy from a corner bringing everybody in then linking them all up together one shotting killing 10 people in a row occasionally those things went entirely wrong and like you found leon occasionally you can find yourself well this is almost... it i think it, i i totally my 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 play totally mirrored it yours it's changed. only that final it's only that final party where if you go in all guns blazing no matter how powered up you are um it can be a bit of a a slaughter fest like uh, tom pointed out to me that there are a few you know places in which you can get the idiot ai that is the eternalist deliberately so again by the way to run into your gunfire but oh. um there are so many people in at that party um but I, and uh i mean it, i think that if i remember rightly I, I should have checked beforehand but there's a trophy within the game where the, there's a trophy for only killing the visionaries in each and level. And it's brilliant, right? And yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It was some of the most fun because at that point, that was like one of the later trophies because you need a real kind of understanding of where you I need to go. I will never get that, need. especially as there's no knockout option. Like if you take someone out, you kill them, right? Yeah. Do you do you have to shoot Harriet through the, the, the gap in the roof? Is that how you do that one? For which one? So Harriet, the uh, Carl's Bay... Uh, yeah. With the big warehouses, she's the cult leader in the plane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, but you, there's loads of guys in the way. Like, I can the only way I can think yeah, of is sort of speedrunner shoot her so through the, the roof. When, when I did that to get through the quickest way, is there is um, what's the uh, they're not trinkets. What are the others called? Slabs. The, the actual. Yeah, there's a slab that makes you gain health if you breathe poison. <laughs> Uh, and so yeah. with that it's like you just basically just blink straight or, or shift off off that platform without getting spotted or it doesn't matter if you get spotted because yeah. as soon as she sees you she will trigger the poison anyway um but it, you get down into the bottom and just go through the door and then up and then it was like a one shot to the back of the yeah. head kind of thing <laughs> and then just quickly run in and press the button to because one of the hardest things with that level in particular is to save the guy if you want to kind of uncover stuff, you've got to save the guy who's on that, um, who's going to be sacrificed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that was that that was harder than figuring out how to get Harriet because mm. it was like, how the hell? Because every mm. time he would just get, he would get gassed or, Dumped, yeah. or think, exploded or whatever. Well, I think, it all... it, sorry, go on, Tony. No, no, just, but in that one in particular, there's multiple ways of killing Harriet. Like you yeah. can lead her out of that room that she's locked in get her to open mm -hmm. it. essentially you get the door open they're more complicated there is, they, yeah. there's an achievement for or a trophy for yeah. you know killing her via gas now that's actually more difficult yeah. because you then mm. need to almost pick yeah. her up and throw her down into the gas or yeah. um there you know you can get into that room for actually a lower section mm -hmm. of the environment but that takes a long time like there's a lot of yeah. having to oh no which one is it it's ether isn't it where you have to in, uh, make yourself invisible and then work your way yeah. through mm -hmm. and systematically yeah. take people off by off. You can hack into that, that room and go for, but equally you can go in there with a double barrel shotgun and, and just go completely crazy and kill everyone. Now, mm -hmm. which is the... usually how I start each level is just see, kill everything I was the and other way. figure it out. I, I would always <laughs> start off every level pretty much as stealthy as possible. Now, 
in other mm. games, I I say this, and I always think it's a it's a downfall. Like, oh, I always start off stealthy, and then when it all goes wrong, I just kill everybody. But because I almost feel yep. sometimes that's, <laughs> but I feel like that's a game design flaw. Like it wasn't good enough for me to be stealthy all the way through, and I had to use. I disagree with that quite a bit because I feel that a good game design allows you to improvise when things don't go. I know, the way but you I think in this to. one in particular, I yeah. Because I got to do these levels multiple times, I'd done these levels where I was in and out, and the only person that died yeah. was the cultist. Well, no. Mm-hmm. Mm, visionary. The visionary. Yeah. The visionary. But equally, I've killed everybody in the level all at once as well, and there's been literally nobody left. <laughs> it, it makes me think about the utter brilliance of, of you know, Arcane's general design, but also Hitman World of Assassination. Absolutely. The, yeah. But the, for the first point is obviously the swiss cheese design of the environment so multiple entries and exits yeah uh and then all the assortment of weapons and obviously in arcane games powers but i think one of the great design decisions and it kind of takes you by surprise near the beginning of the game is that the visionaries ain't that tough you could just you know charlie is so easy to take out you just hack his turret and he's gone and, I, and you're like, oh, <laughs> is that it? And then, but that's not but the you reason realize, for the story, is it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. You realise that they they gifted you, they gift you that that level is hard you get to get his to slab, which is something yeah, that you, you can actually use. But but yeah. but um, but but that's not the right place to to get him eventually. Yeah. So I, and that is brilliant, brilliant game designs because you know Igor they do turn into a kind of one off boss. You only really have to fight him once, as I recall. Um, and that's a fun kind of almost Metal Gear Solid kind of sniper battle with a with a, a gimmick, but and Fear's pretty tanked up. She's quite hard to to get to, but um, yeah, making them as as vulnerable really as as most of the Eternalists, I think, was Who, was was a brilliant. Who's the one in the um, like like the playground area, like that kind of amusement? Charlie, Charlie. So yes, so Charlie, yeah. like, there's a multiple things. You can snipe Charlie from a distance through a window if you uh, wait long enough, which is yeah. brilliant. You can go in there all gun blazing and blow him up. You can, one of my favourite ones, and I think this was tied to the achievements, probably why I did it, you can find batteries hidden around the environment. Actually set the the amusement rocket off, which or the whole rocket station that the, the facility is built on, and set the rocket off and essentially blow everybody up within the building by setting the rocket huh. off. Which That's not the best one, though. The best one is when you hack... <laughs> Hack the computer robot. Oh yeah, oh, yes. that, yeah, yeah, and yeah. basically set the set him as the target, and all the other uh, cultists go after him and chase him down and because kill him. Robot, yeah, he <laughs> idolizes you, like, but he idolizes him before. Yeah. So, but so one of the things I've always heard now, if if we have to compare this, because with this we're going to get compared to Dishonest, because I hear this so often, is like mm. it doesn't have the same level design as oh, something like Dishonest. Yeah, like it doesn't have the windows. It doesn't true. have this, and I'm. Fair enough. I haven't completed Dishonest. So I, f- I felt like the whole time, like, well, maybe, maybe that is true. But I'm, I'm using Shift to get through a top balcony window that you can only get if you do like multiple leaps across the environment to get there. Equally, I can go in, in the cellar. So, I, you tell me, is is Dishonest? Do we compare? How are we even allowed to compare games to games? But it, it feels to me like it had these elements, but it was down to the player to experiment and have fun. And how much they wanted to run through it versus probably just go in the, I think, the direct route. I just think it comes back to what they decided right at the beginning, which was to just make these really big, bold decisions, which is just like, OK, the world of Dishonored's quite dour. So let's have some <laughs> funky 70s stuff. 
Um, let's have the, the levels we create are these masterfully dense, complicated things, but we don't, you know, we'd feel shocked if players only played through them once and barely saw any of it. So let's make replayability a core gameplay uh, uh, design sort of uh, pillar. And we we don't want people to feel that kind of save scumming anxiety mm. that comes from spoiling a perfect stealth run because we gave them all of these, you know, deadly tools and powers as well. So we're going to encourage them, you know, not punish them in certain ways and incentivize them in others. And I just think all those decisions from the, from the, those basic decisions make Deathloop an incredibly enjoyable and accessible game for me personally. So we're still on the <laughs> story and character chat. But, um, that's the way it goes. Well, I, that, yeah, let... I think the, the, the fair, yeah, I know it, but I feel that a lot of the gameplay and story are kind of very closely yeah. tied into yeah. one another with this yeah. title. Is... No organic conversation is mm. all good. Uh, I don't, you know, sometimes we can be very rigid, but it's only so we cover all the bases. But um, I did just want to hear from Tolkien Taters on the overall aesthetic. Uh, who said the choice to go for a psychedelic black exploitation aesthetic really makes the game stand out? When you add some really cool music and standout voice acting, there's little to complain about. <laughs> Which I did think before we go back to more gameplay stuff, uh, we should talk a little about the audio in isolation, especially as we have Tom here. Um, well, Leon, I want to hear about what you think of the audio. You're the, you're the sort of one of the most outspoken and passionate people about like gun sounds and, and all of that. What did you think? Yeah, pretty solid uh, overall. Um, I mean, the gun feel and and audio, I thought was pretty pretty solid. Um, it wasn't kind of uh, it's a, it rather like the aesthetic of the game. It wasn't going necessarily going for something out and out kind of uh one to one you know with realistic with real world weapons or anything but they have a kind of um they have a kind of vibe to them that fits the aesthetic um i ended up using mostly this one gun which you get fairly early on classic style which is a it's one of the it's it's like the first gun that you get but it's got a suppressor on yep. Um, yeah. and it's <laughs> tribunal yeah and it's deadly yeah. from miles away and you can yeah. make it even deadlier from miles away and mm. it's just like my my overriding feeling of that game other than the kind of investigation aspect is going to be getting uh, a cultist's head in my tight you know sight miles away and just going James Bond and, style, uh, yeah. and watching the Red Cross appear. But there's even yeah. a James Bond um, costume you can wear, and it really adds right. in the Golden Gun version of that. <laughs> yeah, really I was going to say, I didn't unlock many outfits, but that's because it's all done through the, the multiplayer. But um, yeah, I liked all, I liked the guitar stings. It had a kind of, yeah, it gave it a different aesthetic again to a lot of other games in similar mm. uh, genres makes it stand out a bit mm. um there's some quite amusing uh songs in there did you yeah. get to include those on on yeah. your um yeah so ost so the the brought the the you know obviously i got to learn about how the kind of audio director brought everything together and um i was actually gutted when this didn't get a grammy nomination i was really yeah. really gutted because i thought it so deserved it so tom salter kind of did this this the main soundtrack which is when yeah. you're sneaking around you get these kind of low burn um 70s kind of almost moogie synthesizer i spy yeah and i just i just loved that stuff i loved that stuff um i thought it gave it i thought you could hear a second of that 
And any player who'd played it would know that was Deathloop. And mm. I think giving a game that kind of sonic signature is really tough to do, but it's absolutely vital. And especially with the new IP, um, I think that's a really tricky thing to do that they absolutely nailed. Uh, and then Tom Salter is also responsible for when you get into trouble and the, the band kicks up and then it just goes into some really dirty, bluesy, <laughs> funky <laughs> rock that um, I thought was personally love hearing that closing riff on those Mm, when you know that you've cleared out the area yeah i mean that's and that's important you know that's gameplay implementation that's music implementation that's audio programming and as well to to give you those cues is very important it's important all sorts of games like zelda you know when the battle music comes in the battle music still going on you can't see an enemy you're like well there's someone around here somewhere Mm -hmm. they might have fallen off a cliff but um it, it can be a tiny bit clunky sometimes if if you're going in and out of combat um, yeah. and the, the music kind of kicks up and then it falls back and then it kicks up and falls. It can sound a bit odd um, on occasion, but um, there's also other, there's so many layers of the music. Uh, a composer called Ross Tregenza did the diegetic music, which is where the Eternalists are playing some music in the environment. Yeah. Um, and he had a lot of fun with that. That's all really groovy kind of 60s psychedelic stuff. And then, um, yeah, there's these fan- two sets of fantastic songs. Eric, T- yeah. Eric Talaba, who does Frank Frank's kind of in-world songs, and there's some proper bops in there, like The Revenant. Um, I love that song. I it's love so it. good. It's so yeah. good. And um, there were three. There were three songs that really stood out to me. There was one called "Old to Somewhere." Yes, and there's the big kind of. Uh, like John Barry esque theme, which is like the the deja vu, which so is that's, um, stunning. Yeah, so they had a separate music agency do. They've actually done a. They did a couple of a kind of Bondy ones for the game, but that's the one. Deja vu is the one they kind of led with in trailers, and I think uh, yeah. I can't remember if it's the credits music, but there's a singer Fiora on that, and that I thought that production that was um, absolutely spot on. But the the Frank stuff, the lyrics in those songs as well. Yeah. They really are on point. They're in world. They tell you something about Frank's character, um, and and even his relationship to Colt. You know, um, because he's singing about having been Colt's lover at, at, at a certain point, or it feels like that. Certainly, the way Frank communicates with Colt. So mm. yeah, obviously, I'm gonna you know be a bit more enthusiastic <laughs> about the music than if I hadn't worked on it on the release. But it was really fun to kind of learn about how they tackled um, in in world music as well as you know, um, score, soundtrack, background soundtrack. On the subject of the actual running about and shooting, because it is still probably what you do the most of um, in terms of the control and the locomotion and the weapons and all that stuff. Uh, Alex79 from our forum, who really didn't like the game at all, said my one positive is that the shooting felt very good. They got the guns spot on, I think. So apart from my, uh, well, it sounds like all of our (laughs) possibly... uh, silenced uh pistol thing what else was uh were, was favored in your arsenal tony so it was the shotgun with like the two cartridges that go into the side um is it stelic i mean 50 50 stelic um yeah that's they also make the grenades <laughs> it, like it's just completely over overpowered if you if you want to go loud and brave um yeah that, that thing once you've uh you know got a few upgrades yeah, yeah it's just it's ridiculous um yeah, I, I I never really got involved in the guns that kind of transformed into something as a secondary mode. 
Um, mm. There's a few of the the machine guns that you could, or even like a, you could have a double pistol that then dual wield or and then slotted together yeah. one in, re- in a really cool animation. But then it just felt like quite mm. an awkward thing to shoot at the same time on, on yeah. an odd angle. Yeah, I didn't um, use those much. Only only when I was out of ammo for everything. But like Jay else, said, actually, although I you know I I had my my arsenal of guns, so like I would have the silent pistol because nine times out of ten, if I'm playing it just like from a story beat, I was trying to do it as silently possible. And then progress through. If I was going loud, it would be basically the shotgun. But also always have a sniper rifle in the back as well for doing mm. things. Juliana's pink sniper rifle. Doing things. Um, and they level up as you go through. You, know, you get different things as you go through the games. And you can add different aspects of the game. But I also think like they were they were perfectly fine. Like They did their job perfectly well. They were powerful. Uh, if too, a little bit too powerful, I'd say. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, you can definitely sort of take shortcuts towards some of the not end game or late game weapons necessarily because that's the whole point of the game but you can yeah you could like free that um that laser experimental laser mm-hmm. gun quite early in your playthrough but that was uh, part of the new update as well that is fun yeah. <laughs> disintegrate f- yeah. yeah oh was I, it i didn't oh, okay. get that one yeah that was part of the golden loop update as well i didn't know uh, that yeah. yeah so it wasn't there when i last played and then came back and it's and been building, seamlessly yeah. put in the game which is cool didn't have to restart or anything yeah, I there's think, a trophy no, it, for it as well. Don't get me wrong; I think it is in the game. I just don't think you can use it as a weapon because it's oh, in like it's wow. in the lab. Yes, and yeah. You can, yeah. So, oh, you that's can, um, really cool. So they added basically a mission for, where yeah. you have to lure its defense systems Against into it. blowing itself <laughs> out of its cupboard, mm. uh, and then you walk <laughs> off with it. And then one thing I did want to talk about, as well as weapons, um, is I quite I I like the functionality. I don't know if this has been used in other games roguelites or whatever but the residuum concept yeah. which is where you actually have a currency to determine what you get to keep from one run to another i thought this was a really cool idea and it it really kicked in the ocd on going through everything <laughs> and then going through every level and, and mopping that stuff up you know pulling it out of extracting it from everything very much so yeah and then just yeah collecting just even to... the crappiest trinkets because they're all worth yeah. a few yeah, I points mean, that, of residuum. It's necessary, isn't it? We saw with Hades, I think, um, like a, uh, if if a company's going to try and play with roguelite but mm. wants to reward people the way that most players of action games are used to being rewarded, then this kind of currency is necessary. But, but I suppose they be... do all have it to some in some way or another. Yeah, mm. yeah. It it felt it felt the rewards in this game felt good. Like I'm not one for always for like tiered loot, the Diablo tiered loot and the different colors and stuff like that. Um, I don't love it. Every game uses it and it's now sort of shorthand uh, almost, but the, the rewards in death loop quite often, not always quite often. It's like with souls games. There's a, there's a slight difficulty with rewards and what kind of build you're rolling. Like if they, if they put a, a, reward behind a gauntlet of enemies or a particularly tough section and then it's a reward you're just not going to use with your current build uh, or, or don't intend to use it at all it can feel a bit deflating but but for the most part i enjoyed every kind of upgrade and and thing i picked up so, yeah back to your, your question about guns Leon. and i think you know what mm. actually plays in it, there's other aspects that you you get other powers in this game one is slabs which is when you essentially kill um, one of the visionaries in the game you take a power of theirs and um so there's ether which is invisibility havoc where you can take more damage uh nexus where you generally can link 
lots of people together and kill them in one shot. Uh, kinesis, mm-hmm. which is shift. Is there one more? Hmm, maybe. <laughs> the throw, throw up in the oh, air. Oh, yeah, yeah, telekinesis. Mention. There you go. Um, and I don't know why I bother putting links in the show. I, no, 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 it's fine. <laughs> I was, I was, Apparently, there's a there's a secret extra one as well. So there's there's I didn't know about this. There there's seven normally, and then there's one called Fugue, which is a, a secret one held by Gabe Chadjevich, aka the Garbage Collector. Oh, is that the one where you have to put ah. everything in the machine, and eventually you max out? Yeah, that's another golden loop yeah. thing, wasn't it? Right, um, you have to do sense. multiple things across multiple levels to actually feed the quest line into this machine, and essentially, then you get it at the very end. By which time, you've done everything in the game, regardless. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, Sorry, Tony. No, no, so, so back to the point about the guns, and I really felt that 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 played into what gun you use. And so, for me, I loved Ether of becoming invisible, and you can upgrade that with the residuum. So, essentially, you can when you first get it. You can be invisible for a few seconds, drop them. But by the time you finish that game, you can pretty much launch a stationary, be invisible, and you can watch the world kind of happen around you. Then you can get an unlock where you can actually kill somebody from that state, but not be shown. And that they go. So like you build upon and build upon. So that silence weapon really built built upon the ether that I was using a lot because I like that style of gameplay. But I imagine if I was more interested in, in Havoc, you'd, Mm-hmm. And where you could actually c- consume the bullets being thrown at you and actually fire mm. them back to to the yeah. crowd. So in that scenario, you'd quite often use one of the more kind of automatic weapons because th- that stuff could you know, ultimately play back into that, that ability. But one of the first tooltips you get in the game is play the way you mm. want to play or words to that effect, which I think it was it is a response to the thing I was saying about Dishonored at the start, which is the... You can play your way the you want to play, but you play this way if you want good things to happen, and this way if you want bad things to happen. Whereas here, play how my, you want. My my normal loadout would be ether and shift. I like going around the environments, being hidden. Yeah, and, and yeah, same here. Apart, from, but I to my point. I want to get to Leon's point, which was apart from yeah. eventually where the game almost becomes about just a, a you know nutrition of of enemies. Uh, and you can play that way, but it just takes a lot longer where you then start have to mess around with some of the ones you haven't used before. And you're like, oh, this would have been really handy in one of the, some of these sections that I, <laughs> that I could have possibly used this. Yeah, I, I think there's there's some nice build variety there. The game is still achievable, even with a kind of a lazy build with a kind of organic like, oh, I found yeah, this. I kind of fancy sure. it. I'm going to stick with it rather than mm. you like very consciously sit and plan mm. out all the trinkets. It's not that deep, blah, blah, no. blah. Um, but um, yeah, I think there's some good build of diversity, a bit like Hades um, reasons to, to change a build as well uh, to, for different, um, maybe a few, not so many reasons as Hades to, to kind of keep uh, changing your build and experimenting with different ones. That's something they maybe could have slight with a bit more time. Maybe they could have slightly yeah, uh, improved. I'd, I'd agree with that because I pretty much stayed with the same weapon yeah. and build throughout the entire game. And they're the, the point where when i got to the end i didn't need anything else i need i literally just have the one pistol <laughs> and it's like i've got starting gun, great. i've got everything yeah well you know it's Is that the same one as i was using mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah. just the it's the silent uh, like the silence where it was the silence side of it because i was playing yeah. stealth sometimes 
like well i call it aggressive stealth in that everybody <laughs> dies but I just, they, don't see, they don't see it coming that's the difference yeah, but hitman s i was gonna um, say you must have loved loved the fact as i did that uh you automatically get a loadout of multi-purpose grenades for every run the only the only yeah. sadness is you can't restock them mm. yeah because you love you yeah. love a proximity grenade jay yeah 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 i, I just I, kept blowing yeah. myself up honestly <laughs> yeah not, i just didn't really because yeah they're not really a weapon for stealthy play though really so no i mean i found that the turrets took that place yes. for me yeah absolutely. because i would you know, I'd put Where them behind available. closed doors yeah. and stuff and wait for people to come in and, mm. you know, um, and do all that kind of stuff where I'm positioning them where they're going to, you know, I'm going to bring people into my kill box, you know. And, yeah, and that's good and, for Juliana. If someone, if there's, especially yeah. AI Juliana, there's in um, in Updarm, there's that kind mm. of tunnel down the side of the level where they actually do put two turrets there Um but it is a kill box and you can get Juliana, yeah. you can lure Juliana in there and just have them uh, take her out. There's actually a, a section in the game where they take away, you, well, they physically take away all your trinkets and stuff and you have to play it kind of a, a more Yeah, so that's Frank's club with the, the class pass. Mm. But if you do plenty of exp- exploring, you don't have to do mm. that. You can just sneak in uh, the basement. Yeah, but there's an achievement or a trophy for doing a whole level with the class yeah. pass. <laughs> <laughs> there? i mean the course, fun bit was having to take the because if you play you there's a point where you need that class pass to get into charlie mm-hmm. montague's uh basement the little secret lab that he's uh, got under there. yes so you have to carry that through into a, through another level and stuff and that was fun because you know i was limiting myself through a level where i was so so confident in when i've got my toolkit you know, suddenly I'm like, oh, okay. So there were there were elements of the game where they they, you know, they messed with you in a way. Yeah, they made like you get with a the statue that doesn't shut up, and you've got to carry it. Is that on the final loop? Isn't it that you've got the little statue with a speaker on it? Oh, that's not the final loop. No, it's um, near, it was near the end for me. Do you, yeah. yeah. Do you think those are criticism say there's not enough kind of emerging gameplay in this? Because I I think like. <laughs> You can go into the level and you can create your own fun, and it's emergent to what I guess you're doing. But it, I feel like if you know, if you if you mess up a boss and you can't get in, they lock themselves down in a room. That's that's just it. I'm trying to think if they're in dishonored. Is there a bit more kind of like trial no, and error? I think there was no. I I didn't encounter any bosses that I couldn't get to. It just made it more mm, difficult mm, to get to them. Mm. You know, they're like. You know, they would lock themselves in a room, but I'd have to figure out how to get in there. So I'd have Hack to run something. around. I had a few issues with the um, the woman who blows up the entire island until you work Fear. out how to. Uh, yeah, <laughs> she. Well, no, she. She was probably the hardest of all the visionaries to yes. kill. She is. Yeah, she's, it's ruthless. Once you, because as soon as you get kind of, as soon as she becomes aware of you being in there, then she triggers the the yeah. meltdown in the reactor, and it's like. And then it was like this mad frenzy trying to run around. But even if you kill her, it doesn't stop the time. No. You have to kind of and sneak very, in and, and, yeah. and snip the wires first was my... But once you get that, I mean, I had that written down. I had to write <laughs> down because there's a... There's I a, took a screen a, grab. Yeah, so there's a I'm picture clever. in there. So you can find the plan that shows <laughs> you the layout of yeah. the color coding. So I took a... a I, there's quite I a few had a dry, diagram on my like notes. <laughs> like, yeah, screen grabs are good. And eventually, you can yeah. kill her by along. Is it with Charlie at the same time with one shot? 
Yeah, you drown them and just drown them. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, you can yeah, just one, one shot, shot them both, together. One bullet. If both you, of you, they die. If you actually try and fight both of them in that arena, yeah. it is uh, it is a hard time. But that's you can just set them off and run away. But it's isn't that funny? Because I, I mean, there's been plenty of conversations about whether achievements trophies help or hinder game titles, and we've had plenty of discussions. But I really felt like the trophy mm. list and achievement list in Deathloop really helped me because it it meant that mm. I was. Yeah. I was engaging in mechanics that maybe I wouldn't have explored. You know, I was trying to find mm. solutions around, you know, issues that were presented to me. And maybe the game could have done a better job of actually presenting that more organically to the player outside of those those lists. But yeah. I, I had really good fun actually just looking at that and going, okay, well, how do I get them both at the same place at once? Which is part, yeah. you know, it's something you need to do. But, you know, just taking them down with one shot, so you have to get through, you know, get yourself in, up into an area where that's even a possibility without them seeing to you and there's a certain time limit mm. to that. Um, a lot of that stuff that I talked yeah. earlier about, setting rockets off or, you know, killing people via gas or, you know, exp- you know knocking people over with uh, machines in the environment or it just... Yeah. I I personally found that as, as something that really made me engage with the game on a different level that I don't think I and, maybe... Not that I wouldn't have done, but it helped me engage in, in, in a different level that I trophies fit with this game as well you can imagine like juliana like writing her own little challenges on a notebook uh, every day because she'd have to keep writing them down every day um but trophies don't feel incongruous and that kind of gets to the heart of this being a very video gamey video game and Mm -hmm. actually i think honestly it's one of the most successful triple a certainly games i've seen where it embraces the gaminess, they build the story around it, they build the systems around it, the economy of the game around it, the characters around it. Everything is built around the idea that this is a video gamey ass video game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even trophies in that in that light make sense because, you know, for Juliana's sake, she's just having a laugh going <laughs> over and over again. The way a speedrunner, the way a, you know, a video gamer who really loved the game and wanted to explore every bit of it, would just go over and over again through the levels, try everything, find everything. And that's kind of what Deathloop's about. Another thing that I just think's possibly worthy of mention is, I suppose it's no different to an old school Doom type game or whatever in, in terms of it would just be health packs dotted around. But the the way health and healing is is handled in this is it felt slightly different to me in a way just because you have to kind of scour the environment for these actual i mean they're 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 shaped handily and colored like medical devices but they're they're sort of diegetic props in that they're fizzy pop that everyone drinks and um but there's no like obviously the designers carefully put certain amounts in certain places but it feels quite organic and almost random at times as to whether there's going to be health in the area that you need uh, it well you've like. got those machines haven't you where you can just get full health yeah by they're dotted the around stuff. Yeah. yeah so it was a case of finding always kind of knowing where they are mm. because that's kind of if you can't find any fizzy pop that would be the one thing that can get you out of a mess if you get a little tight for health and stuff but yeah uh, any other aspects of the actual gameplay that you are desperate to speak about that we haven't i i haven't talked about why i stopped playing this game for six uh, months yeah and i think it it and it wasn't really the i i i'm dipping in between whether it's the fault of the game or my own fault because hmm. i feel that it it falls more on me because i 
so I I got to the point as I was playing, and I hit a wall. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing anymore. Mm. I couldn't work out where I was supposed to go, what I was supposed to do. And this went on for a few days, and then I put it down and yeah. then played yeah. other stuff and came back to it six months later. And I think it was because of the Golden Loop update, it kind of perked up and thought, I never finished this, let's mm. go back to it. And I was debating whether I can play off from where I left off or whether I'd have to start again. And one thing that I came, but when I came back to it, I thought, because I'd lost all memory of where I was, yeah. I ended up reading the the clues. <laughs> and there it was, staring me in the face, what I hadn't done mm-hmm. the first time round. And it was so bloody obvious. Yeah. And it was just like, at that point, I'm thinking, you know, why did I miss this quite? And it was just simply um, had to go to the complex in the morning because I needed to get, it was the power station. I needed to get access to the power station in order to unlock doors and to turn the power to each area. Yeah. And I couldn't work out where this was Yeah, for the longest time. You know, every time I went to the power station, the door was locked. And I thought, this is ridiculous. And then if you go there first thing in the morning, the door's open. Yeah. And there mm-hmm. you go. And that was all I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And it, the, co- the, the, the clue was there in the text, in that kind of um, tree of clues that you find as you're piecing it all together. And it was right there. And yeah. It was. I, I kind of blame myself for not paying enough attention to the clues as I was picking them up. Mm. But yeah, it I mean, it, it, so me it's all okay. it, yeah. we, we haven't mentioned uh, exactly, but you do have this kind of. Um, I, I, I saw what they call it. So the the game shows you early on your kind of your pin board with your red string oh. and all that. But actually, what you what you look at in your game is a, a rather neater um, yeah. menu set of. Um, almost like it as if it was post-it notes, which it probably was on the, um, on the developer's board, mm. whiteboard in the room. Um, and you can select them and it will then kind of prompt you as to where to go and when to go there. Uh, and then until you close out a complete uh, line of investigation and that yeah. will be grayed out, thankfully. So you don't keep going there. It will also occasionally, I only found out this relatively late Sometimes it will actually say there's nothing for you left to do here at this time, basically, uh, mm. uh, one of, you know, one of the four areas in one of the times of day. If you've done absolutely everything, it will basically say, don't bother, grade, yeah. grade out. Um, but I, I did have a similar thing because I, I put the game down for even longer than you did. Huh. And when I came back, I was actually, it was when I was um, playing with you, Jay, to get that final trophy yeah. for you i was like i have no idea where to pick up in this game um and i was almost thinking of restarting it but i did manage to pick up the thread through just kind of mm. trial and error really just just repeatedly going different places until i picked up a thread and yeah like you ended I think up it's quite forgiving for that stuff i mean it's yeah. quite it doesn't penalize you for kind of you know not really kind of just blindly kind of wandering around until you do kind of figure yeah. it out yeah. where you are yeah um, that the, what I was going to say about the, the the game, but you do spend quite a lot of time in menus, and the menus yeah. aren't yeah. the most intuitive to move around. It's got the uh, the modern curse, which the, is the, the cursor cur- with the joystick. Yeah, yeah, well, you can use the D. Well, at least you could. You can now. I can't remember if you could use that at launch. Mm. Use just a you know D pad. Tap around with the D pad. Yeah, yeah. But it, either way. You you can spend a lot of time in menus in this game. Not as ma- not as much as some games. Obviously, no. there are some RPGs or whatever you can spend forever in menus and Divinity Original Sin and whatever you know CRPGs or whatever. 
But um, on console with a pad, just a tiny bit too much time for me spent in menus. And that's partly a function of the game design, how you come back to the menu every time um, rather than you're walking around a hub, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know how they could have avoided that. I'm not sure they even could. Less trinket loot, perhaps, yeah. would have been a thing. Well, definitely... The other thing I is, mean, um, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the game, I was—I'm just picking up anything that's purple gets deleted anyway. So, it's yeah, just yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like it didn't matter really. I'd had all the, um, yes, the trinkets. It I becomes needed, rarefied so I, in that yeah. loot fashion. Yeah. Um, the 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 other thing is, um, there's an alternative way to play this game. It's a bit like in Breath of the Wild, turning off the pro uh, or turning on the pro settings or whatever, and not having the mini bat. You can turn off the mission markers. And you yeah. could do at launch, and so some people were saying the game was too. Some people who were saying the game was too <laughs> handholdy, they had a much better yeah. experience turning yeah, those yeah. off. Because... Like uh, I remember that though. I think we mentioned this <clears throat> many years ago in our Super Mario sixty four show. How some reviewers at the time were like, "Oh, I'm, we much preferred playing the Japanese version because we just had to Work figure it, it all out for ourselves." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think um, some people got a lot of joy out of it that way. I think I Definitely. did that for a little while. Lovely and idea. Enjoyed it, but then turned it back on. So I was like, yeah. okay, let's let's get this <laughs> let's get this wrapped now. Um, but this, I think it's just worth mentioning that that was always there yes, to kind of it's an option yeah. boost your challenge. Um, As is the infinite lives and one shot kills and hmm. what, what, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. And and it, and again, it doesn't penalise you. However, you want to play. Mark FM. 007 from our forum says this game presents itself as time loop hitman where the goal is to take out multiple targets across multiple levels within an in-game day easy to grasp endlessly replayable and a step up in scope for arcane instead the game is a non-linear scavenger hunt where the goal has been solved for you you just need to find the pieces to it the time loop is just a framing device to ensure that you replay the levels and to remove the morality system it's both less interesting and more difficult to understand than it could have been. Even Arcane has, has described how long it took them to get people to understand it. I think that's a little... I see where they're coming from, but I think that's a little unfair. Um, they, it is a new IP. They are... I don't need to... Def, you know, they don't need my defence. I'm not defending hmm. them uh, as a as a. It may be a one-and-done IP, I, I suspect. Um, um, apparently not. I would love to... No? Yeah, I would love to see them try this again. Obviously, the storyline would be yeah. a little bit weird, but... but they got so far on a first attempt early in this gen as well um, that I'd love to see them refine some of it and have another go. Um, and I, yeah, non-linear scavenger hunt. Some people like doing puzzles. Some people like sitting down with a puzzle that's already been solved. It's just been chopped into a thousand pieces well, and putting a thousand pieces back together. Yeah. They find that relaxing and engaging and um, it's just different types of brain, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't. But know I think there I would, are still yeah. there are there is still room for but, player expression as there is in Hitman. Not maybe not as much, but there the, is. The some. reason I say yeah. apparently not is because a few months ago, uh, is it Jason E. Keighley, um he accidentally said he will be reprising his role as Colt. He has plans to oh, reapply right. his role cool. as Colt, and he's done a nice. few extra bits. And it was like, oh, was that for some? Uh, uh, and it's like he's got a guest <laughs> appearance in Fortnite or <laughs> <Sorry>. something. <laughs> yeah. um, no, and it wouldn't surprise me. It's it's. No, I no. think generally it was a. It was a critical one. I believe it was probably commercial. Yeah, and in a weird time where I think, like, obviously Zenimax were doing all sorts of weird stuff with Bethesda with, uh, you know, the, the more multiplayer focus. That... Also, the game was uh, dedicated to the CEO mm. who 
died during the development, right? Robert Altman? Not not that one. <laughs> not that one. <laughs> so um how did you guys feel about there only being one solution to the story? Do you think that was necessary to get people to actually finish it, to like get a higher proportion of players to finish it at, at the expense obviously of uh, more player expression in the in the final loop or would you have preferred to have it more open-ended? I'm sure there's probably ways they could have maybe found several ways to do it, but time and money being the issue. Um, but I've never really had a problem with that. I've always looked at it like a jigsaw. You know, you, the way you go and put yeah. the pieces together is entirely up to you. But at the end of the day, that picture's the same regardless. And that's, <laughs> you know, it, once it's done, it's one and done with that thing. You don't You don't break it all apart and redo it out of, curiosity you know mm-hmm. it's like so i had a blast playing it like once i'd got over my little uh you know once i'd broken through that wall and realized where i'd gone wrong the rest of my playtime was great i loved yeah. it um and so you know that's all you can ask for. i mean that's all i i want yeah. from a game is just how to enjoy the no. experience I'm with, I'm with Jay. I, just, I just felt like the whole purpose of what you were doing in those environments is yes, you could take down the visionaries in, in your first attempt, but the point yeah. was to lure them out of their comfortable spaces where they were hiding away from the world. Like you had to either get them to a party or get them to a place at any one time where you could commit essentially the perfect crime all in one thing. I think if you took took that away, like. You, I don't know where do you stop it's like well yeah I could have taken I, I was mm. taking them all out maybe not in one night but like I, I quite like the jigsaw puzzle that got put together and I think the ending yeah. you know ultimately you've got a if they didn't have a story that fitted together then I think there would have been more complaints about oh it doesn't make any sense so you know for mm. me I, I quite like there was a, a distinct beginning and end both in story and structure of the way the game worked at <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I suppose it could have been different, but hey, it is what they decided to deliver. I think it was hard enough yeah. concept to I, get across in the first place. As I sort of said earlier, I think there is a game which is Possibly. more yeah. freeform and uh, and allows yeah. the player more uh, options. I think it might have reviewed spectacularly, and I think it might have been more beloved by the people who liked it, but I also think that even more people would have just bounced hard off of it. Yeah. Um, with just leaving that much up to the player. But I think there would be a potentially phenomenal game experience like that. But um, but I, I, yeah, I don't have a, an issue with a game that... There's, there's a lot of games that are about solving a series of puzzles and satisfyingly putting them all together and then yeah. and then acting them out. But there's not one that's been done over this particular structure of uh, time and place and... and uh, well, some of it's even it's fun, great. like Frank Killings himself are his own fireworks. It's just, it's like, and you're not even you're not even act where well, you've activated that, but you're not you're not there to do it. It's just like yeah. that happens in the background whilst you're doing something else mm. within that environment. It's it's I mean, fun. That's very hitman. That's very hitman, isn't it? That's um that's yeah. there's a certain kind of feeling to that that, that feels good in Hitman. That I will knock it slightly for the um I can't remember what did the some of the busy work you have to do just before the final to get into the rocket ship room to yeah, like that. three things to find the passwords. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But isn't yeah. there like a, a battery thing or power generator level where you've got to get the right? Yeah, I thought that was a bit paddy slash annoying. That particular it was a bit fiddly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as but, I say, that that and the 
and the the three stages before the final <laughs> final final stage didn't did me in a bit but um badger catcher from our patreon says this game really locked me on from the jump great art style interesting mystery surrounding the island and the banter between colt and juliana just felt really funny and fresh compared to a lot of other games i was happily unlocking powers and weapons while exploring new environments when suddenly everything just kind of fell apart i realized i hadn't changed my weapons or powers for a few hours then the whole do it all do it all in one day conceit really dawned on me i'd have to do these missions multiple times including the ones i didn't really enjoy the first time hello underground bunker once that set in all my drive to continue just vanished essentially the main concept behind the game just magnified all of its weaknesses i closed the game thinking i'd play something else for a while and come back later hopefully making the old missions fresh again but i never went back strange one for sure because i was really in love with it until suddenly i wasn't as it just blinked out of my consciousness <laughs> that's that's yeah but you can uh you can i get that with the bunker though because that is probably one of the harder puzzles in the in the game yeah. to find those kind of yeah to to find those pictograms to then translate them to numbers and that sort of thing was kind of it you had to get your head around how it was all pieced together and you had to go looking for those things. So it was like... I yeah, actually looked up a guide slower... for a couple of the picto pictograms. I didn't know where they were. Yeah, they're really difficult. It's one of the more vaguer puzzles in the game. And I think the problem... Like, I don't mind them putting vague puzzles in when they're kind of side stories and side stuff. But when it's part of the main uh, quest line and you've got no choice in order to do it, you've got to kind of... Yeah, you've got to push it. That's where it can. I, I get why people can hit a wall with this stuff. Quite. I mean, it's it's like the te there's a tension here, isn't there, between the intellectualism of Arcane, the really art-driven uh, team that, as I say, like loves its concept art, loves its thinking about the history of a place and the different stuff like that. And and they presumably lots of people on the team loved Outer Wilds for its thinkiness and its intelligence. I keep bringing that up. I know it's not a time loop game, but yeah, it's but it, relevant. Yeah, and and Outer Wilds has more of those, you know, brain busting puzzles. But you've actually got a counting down clock, and it can be very frustrating. Um, and then there's a sort of fun dumb shooter where you make kill boxes with uh, with turrets and bounce around and blow people away with these giant you know shotguns and, and overpowered weapons or snipe them from across the map in a very kind of smooth golden eye kind of way. And I think there is a tension there that they that isn't quite married up. Um, and and in those moments is where that that kind of reveals itself. But everything in between is is feels good to me and. I felt less worried than I do ever do playing because Dishonored, I always just feel worried. I was like, oh, I've got to go over there and get that trinket. I've got to go over there and get that trinket. And I feel mm. like I'm going to miss I... out stuff. But Deathloop just made me feel at ease with various of those elements. Mm. I kind of feel that because they go down the route of accessibility with one-shot kills and, and making the the combat super easy they should have also done the same with the puzzles as well mm. that if for whatever reason you hit a wall with a puzzle there should have been an option to skip or to just unlock it yeah. or you know that way because that way you know what you don't want you, you never want even no matter how good you are at designing games you never want people to hit a wall and stop playing because mm. that's where they put it down and, and don't come back yeah i suppose they felt with puzzle solutions there would always be ways of 
looking it up and then acting it out rather well, I mean, that, than, but yeah. yeah. Or you bet yeah. the house I mean, like is... from software and you just bet that people will bang their head against a brick wall and then they'll help each yeah, other bang their head. Yeah, but even then people are using the internet. That's, you know, but I feel like it's always external answers for a lot of this stuff where you just go on, you know, you just you just typing it up on your phone to find the answer to the solution but mm. it's like i mean there's always going to be some of that uh, in games every time oh, yeah. every type of game you know unfortunately modern game is just some portion of it is whack you know get your phone out <laughs> i mean in in fairness it, it is a, a thousand times easier than it used to be because yeah. <laughs> you know 20 years ago we didn't have smartphones by our side where we could type this stuff up on the fly and do it then and 30 there years ago we were waiting for those little pulpy paperback books that came on the exactly, front of yeah. uh, <laughs> magazines yeah uh did anyone pick a different well yeah which endings did we pick i i i decided uh to go for the bad ending and um and do what i've been told to do from the start of the game which is uh which is break the loop so i got the bad ending. is that is that it's not the bad, bad yeah i don't think there's bad yeah. or good it's yeah. well question, yeah okay uh, question of taste. canonically bad i don't know anyway the it, it's kind of dark i suppose yeah, I took that same ending. Uh, yeah, I mean, I saw I've done both endings, but yeah, I, I, that was my that was my yeah, yeah. want ending. But didn't Tom mention no, you were the... different at the start? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, the very first time I fell into it by accident because I literally just as soon as I went in that room where <laughs> didn't even sit down. On the, I shot her just, just <laughs> wow. <straight> away. <laughs> like, it, because I was so kind of tuned into just Jeez. as soon as she turns up, I'm like just going for You're it. You're expecting but a boss like, fight, and she got one. Yeah. I, well, that's what I felt. So you're on that. Uh, I'm at one end as I walk in, and you got that long walkway where mm. you're walking towards that. Platform. I didn't even realize you could shoot Soon at that. As she point. was there. I just, I just targeted and shot. Did you have all your powers <laughs> taken away, but not your weapons? Yeah. Nah, no. Nah. Uh, did anyone feel she... slightly anticlimactic to not have a final battle nah, with her? Not at all. I've, I've seen a few people say that. Yeah, but she, I mean, for me, I was. <laughs> I was happy to finish the game. So yeah, it would feel incongruous perhaps to have a whole special boss arena because the game's not really about yeah that yeah you know it would be weird. There's, there's other games yeah. I don't want to spoil the ending of other games. There's a couple of other AAA games that come yeah, to don't. mind where they haven't where they have a big battle yeah. with normal enemies and then the end is all kind of story and choices and I, I have um, no preference with this stuff. I, I feel that whatever serves the the game kind yeah. of narrative and that that was fine for that i adapt you know i mean i went into it that way anyway i just went in guns blazing and, and hell with it <laughs> but monster. it's like yeah, but, uh, that's your but daughter then, uh, jay yeah i was she been you know it was just a it was like a reaction shot rather than it's like but um yeah i've i've replayed i've i've gone through all the different loops there's uh, a, you know, well, there's a secret third two. ending which is kind of a non-ending it's the far cry 4 thing isn't it if you just sit still yeah you have to interact with the chair. Basically, you don't you don't jump off the, the platform, just disappear. Oh. Mm. Right, something like that. Yeah, I think that like you can fall through the world. Essentially, it's been a while, but it sort of yeah. counts. It's it's just one of those things that kind of so that very end ties is one of the things that people tie it into the Dishonored world, don't they? Because they they say it's in the same universe and stuff. So. It's because the guns, the two dueling yeah. pistols that she pulls out, mm. feel like they're straight out of Dishonored. But then you, at the very end, the the very very end of the game, if you picked what you consider the bad ending, but when you all walk off into the sunset, the music changes to um, Drunken Sailor, mm. which is kind of yeah, which mm. kind of interesting. But 
I, I don't know. I mean, to me, that's just an arcane thing. They're just tying it in for Drunken whatever. Drunken Sailor plays no... when you interact with one of the sort of... Cassette players in the... I think it's in the gas chamber. Oh, it's also one of the um, the sort of mock-up retro games as well. There's a, a oh, right. like a chiptune yeah. version of, of it, I huh. think, when you play Dishonored, maybe? Or yeah. the game... I love all those things where you're going through all those different games with the, like... Yeah, um, sort yeah. of vector-style graphics. <laughs> all the, yeah. yeah, all the... Tweaked names. You can fiddle yeah. uh, as an interact with quite a lot of stuff, uh, microphones, pianos, guitars, but mm. he really does just fiddle. He doesn't, like, there's no, yeah. as far as I could find him, you know, playing any show tunes or anything like that. <laughs> Matt L from our forum says, I was initially intrigued by the kill all the visionaries in one loop set up and envisaged a completely open environment wherein you could try to locate and kill everyone in the course of a single day using your own creativity and skill. But I was extremely disappointed when I discovered that there's literally only one way to complete the game. The problem was that one single method of completing the game was so obtuse that the game had to resort to being overly handholdy, which made the game very boring. Which wasn't helped by the fact that there was A, only two enemy types, the mooks and the visionaries, and both are totally brain dead. B, only four extremely small levels which you have to play over and over to the point where you just run past everything, and C, a cap of only two powers per loop, thus removing all the Dishonored or Prey-style fun of combining powers. I watched an interesting video from GameSpot where they chat with campaign lead Dana Nightingale about the struggles Arcane had developing it. There was going to be absolutely zero hand-holding at first, and it totally baffled game testers, which led to all the excessive hand-holding that's in the game as released. I really feel like Dana learned the wrong thing <clears throat> from those testers. She thought, well, if players can't understand the one single solution that I devised, then I need to tell them how to do it, when she really should have learned that the game needed multiple solutions. I, I don't know. It, we've all, Yeah, we kind of covered, haven't we, how there's a, there's a calculation to be made on the part of the designers. What type of players do they want to lose at what stage of the mm, game right yeah and which and how many do they want to keep and i think yes yeah everything about their design decisions is very deliberate feels very deliberate about keeping about like as leon and i have said about kind of getting certain players out of their learned behaviors from other uh, arcane games yeah and then just keeping everyone on track to and the just end. other games I, in general i think we all fall into our own traps uh, uh, mm. you, you occasionally you see these, uh, you know, YouTubers who are really good at coming up with things, whether it's in Breath of the Wild or whatever. Um, but I, I certainly find that my, you know, my imagination isn't as broad as that when it comes to playing with game mechanics. Um, and, and I will tend to default to the thing, you know, the path of least resistance when maybe I would sometimes have more fun experimenting. Yeah, I think it's a very easy thing to to game design. But I, you know, having looked at this game and how some people have already bounced off it because they found some of the mechanics too complex, having something just completely open, yeah. I, I mean, see, it's watching that documentary that uh, you shared amongst us, Leon, um, was fascinating just to to see how late in in the development of this game kind really kind of you hear. I mean, this is a new phrase I think that's been banged around a lot. That kind of whatever that developer like RK magic that. Project Red Magic, that you know, uh, was it? Um, you know, Mass Effect not Andromeda not coming together because you know that Bioware magic just didn't happen at the end. And they they talked about you know just got to have that faith that 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 arcane 
Normally, because key staff. Yeah, but that arcane magic was going to bring it all together. But it's, <laughs> you know, it's the music, it's the voice acting, it's the gameplay. Like all these things are very separated things, and they're uh, any one stage. People aren't necessarily believing in the project, and it sounds like this all came together at the very end, where the people, everyone went, "Oh no, I get it now." So you've got people working on the project that weren't a hundred percent understanding what even the overarching thing, what they were trying to design, was. But having that core lead saying, "This is my vision, and I'm trying to hit that there," and I think that must become exponentially harder the more scope a game has. And I think that's one of those you yeah. could. Bethesda again you could look at something like Starfield saying okay well you've got all this content but how is it going to come together as a collective whole and that's one of those kind of from the out it's not happened yet but you kind of look for outside like well you've got to somehow glue all these ideas together but there's been big big games in the past that have done this about just trying to glue that content together and I think having a focus is a lot easier than having an open scope certainly in a new IP yeah, exactly. I mean, this is a first go at this type of thing for them. It could be the second game, you right? You know? if, if they get the if they get the budget and the scope to do a Deathloop two, you know, it could be one consistent island, one map. Mm. You know, uh, a time of day passes more naturally. Um, there's all sorts of things you can see them try and iron out and and refine that we've seen. You know. Uh, the Jedi survive. There's just so many sequels through the history of games that just did a better job. Not always. The, yeah, Not always. By, yeah, yeah, that's it. There's also <laughs> so many games that fail, fell mm. flat on their face. And I feel <laughs> yeah. like maybe, maybe there's an argument that Arcane needs to have a, a, a sit down and a, a think about how it's making its games, given what happened after this uh, death loop. You mm. know, if they had problems with that and then they made an even bigger mess of Redfall. So maybe there's questions that need to be asked as a studio. Fine. All I know is that I really enjoyed this <laughs> game at the end of the day, and I had a blast playing it. Mm. I don't want. I, I I didn't go into Deathloop expecting like you infinite know, possibilities, of solutions to a, <laughs> yeah, and hundreds of hours of gameplay. Mm. I mean, would I have minded? I don't know. Like I don't, I feel like sometimes it's nice to have that twenty thirty hour experience yeah. and be done with it. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah that definitely how I feel about it, Jay. Well put. Veronica Jane from our Patreon says, It was during my second play session that I discovered what would be Deathloop's most memorable feature. Accessing the menu caused a 50% chance of the game freezing. A very exciting feature to have in a game that might go two hours without saving, depending on how much you were trying to get done in a particular run. This left me pretty sour towards the game as I continued on and quickly discovered that I just didn't like the game very much. The stealth I enjoyed so much in Dishonored seemed to have been replaced with fairly middling run-and-gun stuff, with a new emphasis on a looter-shooter collection of guns with slightly bigger numbers. The levels lacked the personality and memorability I was used to from Arcane, and the targets were likewise disappointing to me. My exact response to seeing the credits roll on this one was, oh, okay, and then I filed it away on a shelf to never be touched or thought about again. Yeah. Some of this feedback is very interesting it, it yeah, being it's, on the negative yeah. side. It's fascinating. <clears throat> um, yeah. I don't think I've ever had a, a Kane and Rince recording where I felt like like I and other people as well on the, on the actual panel were just so on the other side <laughs> of an experience from people. It is odd. Or maybe it's still, just that people who had a more negative experience felt more you know, inclined to, to write in. You never know. Yeah, possibly. Um, but yes, as as we'll also see from, yeah, I mean, I suppose that could apply to the, the social media three word reviews as well. But 
yeah, just the way it goes sometimes. Um, but as I say, these does these do sort of reflect those user mm. scores we shared mm. a couple of hours ago. Um, for whatever reason, yeah, I'm sure. Well, let's hear some more and see. Taz from the forum says, having an endlessly repeating time loop gave the player permission to really experiment without worrying about the consequences, which felt refreshing when so many games do the exact opposite. I get that a game claiming that your choices matter should feel like a plus point, but I found it so liberating to be able to do whatever I like in the moment without worrying what I might miss out uh, that I might miss out on some content or end up with the bad ending for taking a particular action. Mm. As much as I enjoyed solving the loop the first time, I was very disappointed to find there was only one solution. I thought this was a Hitman style game with multiple possible solutions. When I finished the game, I was hungry for more, but felt I'd exhausted what the game had to offer. I'd have loved a reason to revisit the levels and continue experimenting, maybe hunting for a more optimum or creative solution to close the loop. Yeah, uh, I think that that that's someone who fundamentally enjoyed what they had, but wanted a little bit something extra or else, which, yeah, maybe maybe that's what the sequel will, will aim for. But I bet if the sequel is that much more ambitious, it's considerably more likely to launch with glitches, bugs <laughs> and uh, broken bits. But we'll see. Tolkien Taters from the forum says the addition of asynchronous multiplayer with Juliana really worked for me. It was uh, usually pretty easy to steamroll her, but with a clever player, it turned into a fun cat and mouse game. Playing as Juliana was also fun. You pretty much had to get a little underhanded to beat Colt. Placing a mine under someone's residuum corpse was a perfectly effective cheap trick. Yeah, that's the kind of thing. That's mm. the kind of thing. It's sort of easier because you have yeah proximity mines and things like that. You can play tricks that you can't play in Souls. Griefing tricks you can't always play in Souls game or, or, or can't easily play. Um, and it does does make me think that with a potential sequel... I mean, they're owned by a different parent company now. Microsoft owns Bethesda. It owns um, Arcane. And anything they make is going onto Game Pass, which presumably changes the calculation about mm -hmm. what they might even attempt. Possibly for good and possibly for ill. Well, scope-wise, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, and, yeah. Taz, back again from the forum, says, it would be interesting to play it now. I imagine the servers are either empty or full of people who have 1,000 hours on the clock who've min-maxed their way to an optimum strategy. But on launch, it was a fantastic cat-and-mouse game. It was great having a real opponent to outsmart and outgun, considering the enemy AI was very basic. One friend of mine switched the game to offline mode because he didn't like the sound of a real player invading his game, and I begged him to switch it back on because I thought he was seriously missing out. <laughs> so the, the Tom advocacy. Yep. MH Ninja Bear from our Patreon says, As a trophy hunter, this game was a fun challenge, although getting the online trophies was a bit of a chore. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to run into an invasion-style system in this kind of game. PvP was fun, but it made exploring the island and figuring out the mysteries overly stressful in online mode. Yeah, there were there were some there were some trophies on this that were really really fun and mm. um, to break. There's one where you have to kill all the Wenji variants in like 90 seconds, oh, yeah. <laughs> which I remember that was like that caused me some stress because you kind of. You've got to kind of work out the optimum route and how, you know, like where do you start and which ones do you kill first That's and right. then go through it. And it was, it was, 
skin of your teeth mm. thing. Ninety, like, and it made me wonder, like, who sets that? How did they come to the ninety seconds? Because it always felt like it was so tight to get that anyway. You know, <laughs> it's like those doom was, level par times. It sounds like hit, <laughs> yeah. Hitman escalation. Mm. Mm. But it was like you know, after like I, th- I think I must have, I, I don't know how many times I went through it. It was a lot. But when it finally popped, it was like, yes, <laughs> you know, it was, and it's fun because it's just that kind of optimum way of like you're, you're slamming doors open, you know, and you, you're trying to set turrets up beforehand to kind of get some of those when they, they bolt from rooms and stuff like that. So it was just like, mm. yeah, there's, you know, there's a sense of creativity in terms of how you would think it through and where you have to go. So you, you're trying to think, well, can I, can I cut some of them off and stuff like that? And there's a few of the trophies like that. Some of the more trickier ones were kind of really, really enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, just coming back to the point about the trophies seeming quite in keeping with the game, you can imagine like Juliana or Colt spending a couple of hundred loops. You know, they've been here potentially for 10,000 years. You can imagine them getting bored or, or, or finding fun in spending a couple <laughs> of hundred loops trying to kill all the Wengies in 90 seconds. It, it feels... It feels like some of those trophies, the way you guys describe them, because I'm not a trophy guy, so that's a bit I missed mm. out on with this game. It feels like some of that stuff should have been built into the game because well, it was. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, sorry, that uh, you would have got rewards uh, in inside the game rather than a trophy yeah. popping externally. Because that sounds like a laugh. That sounds like a hitman escalation. But I think it's like with a lot of this stuff, it's all like, you know, with the story stuff, it's all how much you're willing to invest into it. If the game gets its hooks in, then it's there for you if you want it. True. If it's not, then you're going to kind of, you know. Yeah, but, but at the same time, like player personality matters because there's a lot of people who turned off, uh, you know, invasions and that kind of thing or, or maybe mm. didn't play much as Juliana. And like me, not being a trophy person, I wish someone had said to me before I started, the trophies are awesome for this game. You should definitely think about doing it. And just on the point of like turning online, offline mode on, they did make that part of the main mission select menu. And it's just one yeah. bu- button click. So yeah, they right. put it right on front, front street to turn it on and off. But as I say, now you get AI, Juliana, even if you go quotes offline. So. No, I always got yeah. AI, Juliana, I'm pretty sure. Just Jay didn't. Oh, I can't no, remember. I don't think, well, I never did. Oh, until okay, the gold, And it was the Golden Loop update that kind of interests me about this because there were some quite fundamental overhauls and stuff within the... Yeah, the, it was like know, a year later, was, wasn't yeah. it? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taz from the forum finishes with my main takeaway from Deathloop was that it was an inventive, vivid and exciting game which may have overpromised and underdelivered in some respect, but I enjoyed it and appreciated that it was doing something a little different when many AAA games are playing it much it, safer. It's funny when I read that actually because I remember the lead up to Deathloop and even up to like the week before it coming out, a lot of people still had no idea what the game was. Because they had done mm. some, they 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 weren't very forthcoming of how the game. You know, because there was, they were, I think they were more interested in seeing it kind of have that hook in people, and then the public mm. kind of that, almost like Elden Ring happened, where you know there's the discourse online that happens, and then people you know discover it in real time versus lots of trailers. But there was that kind of more ambient of what this game will feel like, but there was very little information about how yeah. this game was going to progress and play. And I think that helped probably on its launch. I remember the promos and trailers being a little oblique about the actual moment yeah. to moment. I only remember one of the trailers, which was the CGI. Yeah. The, 
launch um, one, one the, mm. yeah which which i i liked but I, i'm always at that thing when i see a cgi trailer these days is why am i seeing a cgi yeah. trailer these days but, but that's, yeah, that's but you, I, know. But, you know by that over promising and delivering i'm not sure what whether they promised anything because most of us well most people went in going what is this yeah thing? yeah and i think I but know, i also I think, think i think they delivered no but uh, i but i they... think from that point of view i think reviewers I mean, a lot. Most reviewers come to a game; they don't necessarily have all the information at their very hand. But I, I think that's why some people probably gave it a ten because they really felt like, oh, this feels like a fresh attempt to something new. And but then you equally yeah. had other yeah. view, uh, reviewers. I think probably got they're either expecting something more like Dishonored or expecting something more arcane, and it didn't quite live. You know, because you'd have a arcane viewer. Yeah. Uh, arcane reviewer who loves that software review that game so if it didn't necessarily deliver the thing that they were expecting i think some people kind of go well it's kind of like it's not as good as the thing i was hoping it to be and i'll give it a seven or eight and they're called but that's the nature of the business but i also think there was other people yeah. that probably really liked the fact that it wasn't just the same and they were trying something different and yeah you know, they felt that they it delivered when i said when i see those 10 out of 10 reviewers I think they were just surprised, actually, at the concepts. And when I see the people that are giving it lower marks, I've seen some down to six. It's because it's not the game I wanted it to be. It wasn't the Dishonored I wanted it to be. And, like, that's not mm-hmm. a wrong opinion. It's just not the game they set out to make. And I can see why some... You know, it's that never-ending discussion. But I can see how it, <laughs> how it had that... I think it ticked a hell of a lot yeah. of boxes. Divisive versus setting expectations as, as is, is dangerous, isn't it? Because as you say, Bioware, um, From Software, uh, Blizzard. There's certain companies that have uh, been more or less experimental. They've risked their reputation as a company to do yeah, something the whole new. Bank. You think yeah. of like <laughs> Sekiro, um, Mass Effect, Andromeda, Anthem. Really, um, in the case of Bioware. And it hasn't always paid off. In fact, sometimes it's gone, unfortunately, disastrously wrong. So I think, yeah, t- Arcane's name maybe loomed too much over this game. Or you could say the other way around. Maybe Arcane lent, uh, uh, relied too much on their their core player base coming to it and then evangelizing outwards. The way that by this point, you know, FromSoft had a sort of diehard hardcore that couldn't be shaken, even though Dark Souls 3 was... Some people didn't like it as much, and Sekiro wasn't for everybody. Well, people I, still go I, to bat for. I think from the danger somewhere. for Arcane, which I had heard multiple times, is they make incredibly games that sell poorly. So, you know, it, it's it's that diminishing returns, isn't it? It's like oh, we could make another Deathloop, another um, Dishonored. Dishonored. But you know, the sales have always been fairly middling with Dishonored, and you know, or do we try something that will appeal to a, a broader? Broader genre of people, and I think to me, Deathloop probably bridged that gap nicely, where it didn't lose the arcane DNA, but it equally appealed to a wider audience. But if you're really invested in how one, how certain games play, and it isn't quite what you wanted, I can also see how you're like, well, it's it's not for me, even if it's trying to expand. Now, a lot of people didn't like Eldering because of that, right? Because it's not as vicious as dark souls which wasn't as not as focused yeah, as demon souls, souls yeah. was yeah. better because it wasn't that like and yeah yeah this is it's i just need to i feel the need slightly to point out that we don't know what dishonored sold we don't know what dishonored 2 sold don't know those, what this sold either. those numbers aren't public so people can speculate whether dishonored did or didn't sell but it, dishonored 2 obviously sold enough to to 
for the DLC to become a whole standalone game. So I, I will just say that 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 is kind of apocryphal that um, arcade mm-hmm. games don't sell. You know, we don't know that. The other thing I just wanted to say was, and although I don't think we received any correspondence with these exact words in some of the stuff I've I've read online has been words to the effect of, you know, this is arcane, you know, dumbing down or whatever. And I really don't think, I think what's happening there is, from my opinion, that people are conflating something that's a bit more lighter, fun, you know, kind of got a more fun tone to it, less serious and dishonoured and less stealth based, more, you know, potentially uh, with more action as being, uh, you know, less intelligent. But I don't think that's really... That's not that there's loads of there's loads of smart stuff going on here. And and in some ways, I think the design is even more complex than Dishonored in in the way it's uh, in the way it's kind of put Mm. together like an intricate machine, uh, much like Dana Nightingale's Clockwork Mansion, as I understand it. Mm. Back to uh, correspondence, though. And uh, yeah, this is probably some of the (laughs) the most (laughs) negative Three word reviews we've had for a, a recent and popularish game, but uh, let's enjoy them nonetheless. And you can use these listener as a caveat against our probably quite fulsome praise that's coming up afterwards. Uh, so let's start with Jay. Yeah, Alex79 says time loop poop. <laughs> Matt L says dollar store dishonored. Scott Lamond says bugs boring disappointing uh, luke cousin says very annoying dialogue crippler arcane evolution stunted eco says style over substance ryan fish says one time play cantonar's ghost live die repeat and terrestrial extra cane uh, rinse repeat Yay. Yay. <laughs> Right, let's round up our feelings, which, as I say, I feel maybe more positive than those of many of our correspondents. I'll go first. I enjoyed this game quite a lot indeed, uh, albeit I had a big gap between starting and finishing, which is not uncommon for me and the way I buy and play things. Um, but it didn't diminish my enjoyment. In fact, it was probably cool going back after the uh, the old update and um, getting those extra features the extra ending the extra laser gun all that sort of thing and yeah i think there is a there is a sophisticated and complex puzzle of a game in here that does allow you a certain amount of freedom to play certainly as much as many other kind of games in this subgenre um it does have elements that i think perhaps could have been refined um i don't necessarily think it needed um the sort of loot aspect or uh, a few other bits and bobs like that. I think maybe I'd have rather had a skill tree than a than than coloured trinkets. I don't know. I'm um, I'm spitballing, but it also had some really nice ideas, such as the residuum. Uh, some really intricate level design. Um, I didn't find that I felt the levels uh, seemed small or or simplistic. Um, it was fun getting to know them, playing through them over different times and uh, sort of scoping out and learning the different layouts of the enemies. And, um, and I do get the, I do get many people's point that yes, it kind of, it almost feels like a shame that there is only one solution. And I, and I, I want to reiterate, I think there is the potential here for a phenomenal game that reviews even better, 
goes down even better with players but possibly also is even more divisive in terms of people just bouncing the hell off of it because it's way too open-ended and daunting and kind of you know analysis paralysis kind of version of this game where you are given free reign but as i say there is precedent in games past to do that and it's whether arcane and and microsoft and bethesda feel that there's there's mileage in revisiting this and going for something even more ambitious i for one would certainly play it all over again and over again and over again and over again tony yeah my pick for the show this year so normally means yeah. that unless i really hated something and just want to go at it but no normally it means a game <laughs> yeah, you, a yeah. game that you love and yeah so this came out a year this, the same year as elden ring um so it wasn't my particular game of the year that year because i spent hundreds of hours in elden ring but this was a game that i really fell in love with and i think we mentioned already in the show i feel like i'm and it, i know this isn't right but i almost feel like my opinion on it feels somewhat invalid because I wasn't someone that fell in love with Dishonored, um, which I see this <laughs> game being when the criticism happens, it generally is followed up with the words Dishonored <laughs> behind it. And fair enough. But what I will say is, okay, I, I didn't love Dishonored, but I love this game. And maybe that's, you know, for me, that's the, it found that kind of niche that really spoke to me. I had had a great deal of fun finding routes, you know, multiple routes into an areas that um, you could have just gone down once. But, I, you know, I, I, I did everything. And I found the gunplay to be, at the start, stealthy and challenging. And by the end, laughably fun and, you know, entertaining. And it it did that with the story. I thought the story, the story was interesting, delivered in a, a really unique style. Um, yeah, it just, it ticked so many boxes to me. And I, I felt both exhilarated by what I was playing, but also interested in how the story was presented. And I think that's a really, it's a difficult path to, to tread. So for me, it's an absolute thumb, thumbs up. I really, really loved this. I about to say this on God. I really, really loved uh, Deathloop um, playing through it. And um, if anything, it's actually driven me to go and spend more time in Dishonored and play those games a bit more mm. and understanding how maybe even if they are lighter versions of mechanics in Deathloop that I would actually get some enjoyment out of the, the more kind of st- stress-inducing <laughs> mechanics of of uh, Dishonored from what I played in the past. So, yeah, absolutely love Deathloop and I love the performances and, yeah, can't can't speak highly enough of really. <laughs> yeah, for, uh, for a game that allegedly didn't sell many copies, everyone's got an opinion <laughs> about it, haven't they? Dishonored, eh? <laughs> eh? Uh, Jay? Yeah, I enjoyed Deathloop. Um, I don't know if I should just leave it there, really, but uh, um, I I would be up for a sequel to this game. Um, I just hope I don't have to buy an Xbox in order to play it. But it's uh, I don't know. I always hate these damn things at the end. I never know how to summarise it. I've said plenty during the show. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Let's conclude with Tom. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy this game. I was set up to enjoy it i guess from having kind of worked tangentially on you you can't tell me around. that happens every time that every record you help produce there's the game perfect game behind it um no 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 it, it, i guess it just means that i was before the game came out i was kind of warm to the vibe i was i guess maybe i understood a bit more about the game than had been apparent to people just 
glancing past the trailers and marketing stuff like that um so yeah i kind of had a had a horse to ride in on uh, as such already loving the music and the soundtrack and kind of having talked to the composer a little bit and found out kind of the vibe and some of the development stories from behind the game so so that probably helped a lot and set me up to feel more warmly about it um but uh, what i didn't say in my intro is just that i really enjoyed both dishonored uh, the dlc for dishonored and dishonored 2 didn't get to prey even though carl mentions to oh, everybody every time he, he does pipes up that everyone should play prey um but uh, they they haven't patched it on ps5 like they have on xbox oh Unders- yeah understandably yeah. so it's slightly less appealing yeah. um but yeah deathloop is i just found it really really absorbing you know just really tense playthroughs, really thoughtful, careful, but also um, chaotic when I fancied it. And I think all of those core pillars of design for this game, all of the things they let go of from Dishonored and presumably Prey or, or Tweaked or whatever, um, really benefited me uh, as a player and also gave me a enjoyable way to enjoy multiplayer, competitive multiplayer. Um, which I found, for the most part, very satisfying. And added, you know, some of my best play sessions were either being hunted or hunting as Juliana and um, lots of good memories, actually. And there's something about the vibe of this world that um, ca- those multiplayer competitive experiences were couched a bit better than if it had been in a Call of Duty or a uh, Street Fighter or something like that. I just... There's something about the atmosphere of the world, that kind of GoldenEye 007 feeling of these complexes and bunkers, but then the natural mountains and the ice fields and stuff. Um, so, yeah, vibes-wise, story-wise, really, really enjoyed it overall. I think people seem to be bounced off it quite hard and feel quite badly about it, which I do feel bad uh, for. But then again, I wouldn't agree necessarily with the IGN 10 as well. I don't think this is a a perfect game i think this is incredibly impressive early gen new ip experimental triple a game with two black leads you know how often do we see any of those things really but but let alone in one package delivered with a kind of style and panache uh, that this one is so so yeah it's a easy recommend to people and i really hope that they get to um you know, go back to the drawing board, uh, and but using this game as a template. Thanks, Tom. So yeah, there you go, listener. You're wrong, and we're right. <laughs> yeah. That's how it is. <laughs> you know how combative we are when it comes to opinions. Um, yeah. Post in the comments if you disagree. You already have. <laughs> uh, so it just remains for me, Leon, to thank Jay and for also for editing. Uh, to Tom and Tony for nominating the game as well. Our correspondents, you miserable lot. Uh, and of course, you for listening. Next time, in issue 580, it's Groundhog Day as we've covered Deathloop yet again. Not really. <laughs> we broke the loop. It's Star Wars The Force Unleashed and The Force Unleashed 2. <laughs> show tonight I'm rising from my shallow grave and I'm molding my switchblade tight cause you can blast me with dynamite but I won't
one pale morning All middle of the night When I come round to take your life I know it will feel alright Cause you can bury me underground Paved over for good measure I'm a revenant baby And I'll be back Tonight, and if we see your.